This week, we delve into the case of the San Francisco witch killers. What happens when you mix hippies, LSD, witches, psychic powers, and a cult of two? We'll find out today on the Bumoba Podcast. hard because I'm like, and I'm so like, like somebody I'd really like to be friends with and then he says some shit and I'm like, this is why Adam is not my friend. But no, Adam, I'm sorry, Adam is pretty, I know. pretty close. He's good. He's no. good. Pretty close to first. He's got the face for radio. That's right. Actually, I think I do. I got the mustache. You got, me. you got, him and Jordan get all the ladies' attention. I just have the voice apparently. Yeah. That's what I'm always told. They do like, they think you're a sweet boy, yeah. but that's because yeah. they've never met you. That's when I thought about Cody the first time I met him, oh, yeah. too. And then he, like, ripped off his sweater and showed his arm tats. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I don't think I was that tattooed when we first met. No, I, I yeah, I don't know. You you had one, I had least. one, yeah, yeah. What did we do that first? We went thing? bowling. Oh, yeah, we went bowling, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, are you still friends with that no. one girl? no. Uh-oh. She's no. a little crazy. Dissension. She, uh, well, I, she's a bodybuilder now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. And oh. She's, like, bright orange all the time. Like, she has to be at least four foot eight. She's four eight? She tiny. Is. She's four eight. She is really, really tiny. She's really weird, kind of. Stacked? Yeah. Uh, she Yeah. <laughs> I she had some, um, alterations done. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I meant like, stacked like ripped. <laughs> oh, I'm, um, yeah, now I guess. Okay, right. what are you talking about, yeah. Amy? What sort of I'm alteration? just talking what guys talk. You know? She's got some big silicon implants. She got breast it. implants. She did. She did. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that part. You got to feel like a natural woman, Cody. You know what I, mean? I guess. I remember her bragging about going to yoga like 50 times a week or something. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Would you do yoga? I want to do yoga now. Like, I would like to do that. I did yoga once, and well, twice, and I actually had, like, broken blood vessels on my forehead. Yeah. Whoa. So, yoga is not know? for me. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was, like, breathing out. Like, I think I was, like, holding it in. Like, uh, yeah. bit, What the hell were you doing to do It just that? looked like little, like, blood freckles, like, two days later. I, I don't feel know. like you weren't doing something right. <laughs> Like yeah, I probably wasn't breathing. <laughs> no. Were you having surface no. level aneurysms? No. <laughs> That's fucking insane. I've never seen that. Maybe you had a bad yoga instructor. Yeah, it sounds I mean, abusive. Be... It sounds terrible. I was at the Y, so don't diss okay. that. Yeah. Okay. It was a legitimate place. You know what is a, a truly legitimate concern of mine? Um... So I've obviously researched lots of cults and stuff, mm. and a lot of them start from yoga studios. You're talking about that one guy, huh? No, there's been a few of them. Like, it'll be, someone will start a yoga studio, then they start getting super deep into spirituality, then they use all their yoga 
followers to make a cult and it's just like it just escalates from there so you got to be careful with cult or with yoga studios with yogis yeah. i mean i've seen it too many times it makes me nervous i i haven't seen it i am <laughs> going to take your word on it. i say is that why you wanted to do yoga yeah <laughs> i think i want to oh. join a doomsday cult god damn it let's hey let's get one started that's kind of one of my life goals to start a cult i think you could do it not like a doomsday one, just the, yeah, like a, peace, a happy, one. nice cult. Yeah, like the blue oyster cult. What like cults bo- do you know that are peaceful and nice? <laughs> the Catholics. Yeah. The Catholics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would. We'd start a cult where we'd be bowling for Satan. That'd be Perfect. my cult there. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, Amy could be the high priestess. That's because... really nice. <laughs> what will you call it when you get three strikes? Then. Ah, uh, summoning Lucifer. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay Instead we're of a turkey. Three, three, <laughs> ten, ten, ten. <laughs> or six, six, six. You have to aim. Oh for yeah, six. we we'd have to change the entire structure of bowling. <laughs> so every, it's just sixes on there, six pins only. Instead of a triangle, it's a uh, pentagram <laughs> yeah. pin of six pins. Dude, that actually sounds pretty cool. I'm into it. That- I'm into it. I like I said, I really wanted to do a bowling thing today, so I was looking up like uh, uh, professional bowlers with a criminal history or something. Right. So there's one guy. He was the bad boy of bowling, right? And of course, it, the majority of it was like he was so high on coke he lost six years of his life or okay. something. Okay. Like yeah. he doesn't remember. Sure, that's a blank for. But, him but yeah, it wasn't nothing too bad. It was uh. He just did a little cocaine in the 80s. He's a good bowler. Everybody did cocaine <laughs> in the 80s, baby. The surprising thing was, in his uh, biography, it says he only picked up a, what, a 7-10 split. Is that the big one? Yeah, that's the uh, the one that they all jizz over. Yeah, he said he's only picked it up four times. Professional bowler in the entire career. That's kind of insane. you think that'd be, like, normal for him. Yeah, like an everyday shot. Yeah, apparently it's pretty hard. They just get strikes all the time. That's true. That's true. Well, clearly not all the time. They don't got to clean that up. You can't bowl 300 all the time. See, my friend from college, I visited him. Phil? Oh, no, it's some guy you don't know. Okay. He, <laughs> he invited me because he was in a bowling league, right? Sure. Uh, and he claimed that every, I don't know, would you call bowling arena, bowling alley, whatever? Bo- yeah, bowling <laughs> <Is> yeah. <it> alley. <laughs> Certainly it, not bowling arena. It is structured completely differently. He claims the oils are different levels. The wood's different. Like, that's why you can't bowl perfect everywhere you go. That's OC. Because it's like a different terrain every time you're bowling. Like a golf course. Yes, kind wow. of. But apparently a bowling lane is not as simple as a wood floor with oil on it. Wow. It's a lot more complex. Like, you, you got to find the slick spots and all. He was going super on. I think it was just a reason he... Wasn't the greatest bowler. I'm super happy I don't have to know any of that. Ever. Would you like bowling? Bowling's fun. But I'm fun. not going to get... I'll take that again. I can say that <laughs> night about That it. night we were bowling the other night, Amy. Like, that first set, I was, was killing it. Okay? And then I started getting a little arrogant. Getting in my own head. Then I started throwing yeah. gutter balls. Okay? Ooh. So I get inside my own head. And I realize you got to stay out of there. You just got to let the ball... F- Go. Lock yourself out. Right. Play with emotion. I remember that because I beat you the first round. And after I you kicked said, your ass the second yes, round. Yes, you did. Because yeah. she got in my, she whittled me down mentally right. into the second <laughs> set. Every time we passed each other, I whispered something yeah. to him. It eroded me down. And then, so I, that's like your long game. So don't bowl with Amy because she'll fuck you up mentally. 
Keep that in mind. Yes. Going forward, keep that in mind, everyone listening. Uh, hello, welcome to another episode of Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? I say that a lot. You do. But this time, I'm, I am really have no fucking clue what we're doing today. <laughs> I didn't even know that Jordan wasn't going to be here until like two days ago. He, uh, he died of pink eye. R.I.P. Yeah. I thought it was clearing up. He said it was clearing up. <laughs> no, no, came back with uh, fury and he died. There, it couldn't clear up because I kept pooping in his eye while he was sleeping. Kept farting on his pillow yeah. at night. <laughs> uh, certainly not me. My name's Adam. Uh, sitting across from me for the very first time Uh-oh. and the very second time we've had a guest and the very first time we've had a super fan, Amy. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. It's Friday. No complaints on my end. Gee, it is Friday, isn't it? Thank goodness. Thank I goodness. Know. How did you get here? <laughs> um, so I have family, actually, that uh, lives around this area. So I just hung out with my nieces and nephews for a little bit. Didn't tell them about the debauchery that was going to take place sure. afterwards. Yeah, you so. don't want to yeah. tell them what you're about to, about to go do. Yeah, so. Thank you very much for filling in for Idiot Jordan. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> big shoes to fill, but I'm, I'm happy yeah, to be here. Yeah. I think you'll be tiny fine. Shoes, <laughs> tiny shoes. You're already doing much I better. was almost going to say, just pretend you're Jordan the whole time and say inappropriate things when they don't make sense. I'm so. not sure. drunk enough. And Play yeah. on your phone while we're trying to record a podcast. Yeah. And, Look uh, at Instagram, yeah. like Instagram hoes and stuff. <laughs> Just do whatever. Uh, also here with me, Cody. Hello. How are you doing, pal? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Adam? Oh, just glad to be done with another week of work, eh, pal? Uh, I know, but we, we've got something bad coming tomorrow. Is it another snowstorm? I think it is. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> For real this time. I For know. real this time. I'm going to lay my fucking head down in front of my truck and just put it in drive. So, if the news reports are correct, this will be like, uh, what was the first one? Probably at least eight inches, right? I don't on know. Wednesday? I don't Six know. to eight inches. Yeah, and then yeah. if there's nine to twelve tomorrow... No, that's not true, is it? Tomor- tomorrow's going to be dust... Well, I don't know, maybe four inches and then Sunday... Saturday overnight to Sunday will be another eight or inches or something. Oh, you like weren't that. even in the door yet, but oh, yeah. Amy did a weird flex on me. She flexed on your ass. She said that she can uh, use a snowblower. I do not <laughs> use one. Wow, and you don't? Are you famous for not knowing how? No, I know how to. Okay. Is but that I, why you always use see, a shovel? But see, I'm genius because I trained Shane and Jeff how to use it. <laughs> so now I've kind of shoehorn the work Brilliant. onto that. Well, you Brilliant. just outed yourself. She listens to this, right? <laughs> That's she, fine. She, she think it's funny. <laughs> I did help him. That day, We I came home, I think it was like Wednesday, I was soaking wet, which I hate when my feet Ugh. are wet for six hours straight. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just want to take all my clothes off and go inside. And of course, <laughs> I felt bad because they're out there doing the snow. So I'm like, fucking A. So I stood out another hour helping them clean all the snow out and... Going through the yard trying to smash all the ice out of the gutters. Oh, yeah. Dude, you have ice dams. I, know, I don't know how to get rid of it. You got to get a snow. You, you got to get a roof rake, bro. I know, but the ice is like 12 inches you inside gotta, of the you gutter. You got to keep up with it. You got to keep up with it when it snows, my man. Because otherwise, your attic's going to fucking leak. Our studio's going to be destroyed. <laughs> I think we should just burn the house down and start over. Let's do it, man. <laughs> if we want to do arson, I'm into what it. What if the whole house burned down there's nothing but just those ice stamps? <laughs> that would be your life. No, god damn it. They won't <laughs> die. They won't <laughs> die. 
That's fucking good. It's funny because literally every year we've lived here for like nine or ten years now. And I don't ever remember the problem like this. Something about this year, they're very thick up there. It's been real dumb this year. I know. I hate it. Well, isn't that great? It's very great. And speaking of that, (laughs) let's go into this week's episode, Cody. You've prepared... The notes. You know I what have. it's all about. I do. You told Amy what it was all about. No, he no, didn't. He, he didn't. refused to. Oh, yeah. I said, you fed her I, a line of I, bullshit. Yeah, I told her it was about a Jamaican man. Just because I think it'd be funny for her to do a Jamaican accent. Yeah. But Can we hear that? Have no, heard? no. Okay. I did actually practice like a little bit. And then I, and my sister was like, <laughs> shut up. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thank, oh, she has an identical twin, if you didn't know. So. Identical. I do. I wow. uh, we're for we tell. I think we're fraternal, actually. Like I'm pretty sure we're fraternal. You guys look, but we look a lot, very alike. much. Alike. But yeah, I'm cooler too. Uh, and yeah. she's cooler. Whoa, whoa. Okay, shots fired. Yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. Amy's sister, <laughs> buried on this day, 2013. Rest in peace. R.I.P. All right. So before we get started, I'm gonna make a quick confession that Ooh. this story has drove me up the wall. Yes. Mainly because um, I'm a I'm very particular about the information that I gather and I looked through so many different sources and they had little changes in the story amongst all of them mm-hmm. so it really frustrated me <laughs> but I think I managed to wedge them into what probably actually happened so like a cohesive story right. based on all of the bullshit right Hopefully so I'll probably through it correctly. I'll probably give two examples of what two different sources said about what happened. Great. The murders are are pretty much in line. It's just the little details that might be a little different. Great. That's anyway, great. Let's get started here. In the year 1692, Salem, Massachusetts wound itself into witch hunting hysteria, murdering countless women deemed to be witches in the eyes of relig- religious zealots. They believed they were ridding the world of these necromancers, destroying the taint and corruption they wrought upon the righteous citizens. While certain pockets of the world may still believe in the existence of witches, <laughs> setting out to do the devil's work, it's pretty safe to assume with modern rational thinking we have evolved past these primitive beliefs. Okay. Nope. At Keep least going. until 1981 <laughs> when Woo! Susan and Michael Bear Carson began to murder people they deemed evil yes witch hunters <laughs> yes this is what i'm talking about so, castlevania baby so let's go now let's let's let the audience know that the whole reason amy's here is because she comes from a long line of witch hunters oh, her oh, ancestors well maybe that too <laughs> covert operation amy here her ancestors were the ones who started the salem witch trials so she's got a lot of experience here yes they originated from china <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, anyway, the cocktail that would drive these two into madness included sex, psychedelic drugs, psychic powers, and their very own DIY religion. Hell yes. But the two of them did not start out life believing in such psychotic beliefs. They led fairly normal lives up until finally fate had drawn them together like pineapple on a pizza. That is shit. Mm. You don't like that? Nah. I can't. Get out of here. Yeah, you're off the you're off the show already. You, have you ever tasted it? I have. That's why I can say I don't like pineapple on a pizza. She's definitely a witch. <laughs> witch hunter. Witch is like pineapple on their pizza. <laughs> 
<laughs> Susan was born Susan Barnes on September 14th, 1941 in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. Her father worked for the local newspaper and her mother was a stay-at-home mom. By all accounts, she had a fairly normal childhood. She was considered to be a bit of a loner, which isn't that weird because I was. Right. But, uh, okay. <laughs> but what was weird is people claimed as a young child, Susan would tell them she was psychic. Mm. Before she would meet Michael, Susan was married at a young age to a wealthy man and later had two sons. It appears because of the events that would transpire later, there is no information that I could find in regards to the husband or children's name. Perhaps they wish to remain anonymous, which... Fair enough. As you see the story goes, you'll understand why you don't want to be associated. With crazy Castlevania witch hunters? Correct. All right. Either way... Because of the excessive wealth, Susan didn't seem to work, so she would often enjoy spending her time with the other housewives of Scottsdale, Arizona, enjoying such activities such as playing tennis, attending social functions, and instructing workers how to decorate her home. (laughs) Of course. What else would they do in spare time? Now, Amy, you're probably thinking, how is this lady going to end up a witch hunter? She sounds fairly normal. (laughs) Yeah, she's a regular gal. For most of us, this sounds like the good life. Just enjoying financial security and having the ability to basically just do whatever the hell you want. For some reason, this wasn't really what Susan was looking for in life. Perhaps due to the time period, she found herself becoming interested in the counterculture movement and trying to discover a faith that suited her. Fuck. We got some stinky hippies on the way. Some pagan weird shit, huh? (laughs) Amy, do you wish you were a hippie? You use you always no you know I don't wish I was a hippie but you always give me shit and say that I'm a hipster. Okay, oh. that's much different than it. Well, <laughs> would hippies have been hipsters in the '60s, '70s? I don't know, man. It's kind of. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think they're but. just like we're rebelling against the man, yeah. dude. Yeah. We're gonna. Fuck. No, I'm. I am a rule following. <clears throat> So you person. just do acid on your own. You don't need nobody's <laughs> no, validation. No, no, no. You trip balls, yeah. whatever. You just no. go. You just trip till your nuts fall off. <laughs> it's beautiful. I am not positive how long exactly Susan was married to the husband, but but when the following events transpired, we do know her children were old enough to be attending high school. This is when her extramarital affairs would start. Oh. The chatty neighbors began to notice the cold Ooh. attitude she would be, would begin to display towards her husband and her sons. Whoa. They took notice that she was a bit overly friendly with the younger boys in the neighborhood, which included her son's friends. Ooh, Mrs. Robinson, huh? <laughs> a little Stacy's mom has got it going on, huh? You, you're damn right. A little fucking boy hunter, huh? <laughs> She likes him young. Hey, good for her. Certain sources claim she would begin sleeping with her son's friends, Rad. often seducing them right in front of her children. Oh, God. Uh, that's like, I would that'd die. be my worst nightmare. Yes, I would die. If I've my... seen a couple movies like that on <laughs> Well, this is not a movie, Adam. Well, <laughs> sounds pretty good so far. Now. This would probably get you, Adam, actually. If her looks weren't enough to entice the boys, she used the extremely effective technique of offering them marijuana and alcohol. Hell yes. Straight into a boy's pants, marijuana and alcohol. What's next, Super Nintendo? (laughs) I mean, come on. I don't think they had that in the 60s. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work. What what game did they play in the 60s? Table tennis. (laughs) (laughs) What's... 
I'm trying to think of that game with the dots and you spin it and you have to like contort your bod. Twister. Twister. <laughs> She's like, hey boys, you want to smoke pot and play Twister with me? <laughs> By the time it was said and done, it was rumored her affairs would total roughly around 150 men, Fuck. which consisted. Men are boys. Hold oh. on now. <laughs> Which mainly consisted of high school boys yes. and random strangers who yes. would visit her home when her husband was away. What a whore. <laughs> Obviously, 150 people may be a bit over-exaggerated, but we do know for certain she really was into the free love movement, which in turn included being polyamorous. Hold up real quick, though. Yes. So, you said you were finding... You're trying to cobble together sources from everywhere. So 150 seems like... That might be some source that maybe is from a neighbor who doesn't like her much and okay. said that. I, I wasn't sure if maybe that was like the we... lower number and you also found like <laughs> no. 350. We have numbers from 150 to 2,000. <laughs> I don't think there's enough neighborhood boys. To Sounds get like a modern day like Tinder story or something like that, you know? God. Yeah. If Tinder included uh, the finger saying, come here and marijuana and alcohol, <laughs> she'd be like, hey, son, can you invite your friends over? Let's have a sleepover. Mom, he needs some action. Oh, it sounds like she has uncurable chlamydia, to be honest. <laughs> At least HPV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I didn't know what that was once. I didn't learn about that until girls. I mean, you guys didn't get your vaccinations. Oh, I definitely Ladies, be warned. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so, kidding. okay. I, I was literally listening to Crime and Sports today, and uh, this person they were talking about claimed she got HPV from this guy. She got cervical cancer. And then one of the guys was saying that men can get throat cancer from HVP is that <laughs> HPV sorry you know we should consult with my sister because you know she works she's a doctor no she works for that <laughs> oh yeah that's right she works sure. in the cancer wing no no she works for what um, is wrong with she you she works for the she works at a reproductive health clinic uh, <laughs> you know what is wrong with you I don't know she I works don't... at the cancer wing no I you thought... know what I'm talking about yeah right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, G B Y O N, right? The guy boss, the bygone. She works at a very um, well-known family planning oh, clinic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, I, sh- I should consult one. with her. Yeah. I hate you, Cody. I know. I fuck. Okay. Basically, what we're saying is, she probably didn't have sex with 150 men. Sure. But she certainly did have affairs with her on her husband. We okay. do know that for certain. Okay. But we don't know how much he knew. And obviously, I'm pretty sure he wasn't cool with her doing that. Because they're going to find out. <laughs> okay. So. I wouldn't be either. Just <laughs> forewarned. I, I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't. I hope not. Now, for most being a proponent of the countercultural lifestyle of the time, you certainly had to enjoy altering your mind a little bit. Hell yeah. Season started with marijuana and alcohol. Gateway drug, gateway <laughs> drug. For her it is. Before getting an appetite for heavier drugs, often mixing multiple substances together. Oh. No hippie is complete without LSD. Oh, yeah. And Susan loved LSD. This is my gal. I, I had a feeling you're going to have a weird bond with her. Me and Susie are. Me and Susie Q here are you fucking. You would have been easily convinced to be part of that 150 lot. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't have to ask me twice. <laughs> Acid, booty, let's go. While it may not have been that weird for people wanting to get involved with the free love counterculture of the time, 
Susan's complete disregard for her husband and children in pursuit of a different lifestyle may have shown signs that there were some underlying mental illnesses bubbling below the surface. Mm. Some speculate she showed sign of a sociopathic personality. Mm. I can safely say this because of the actions she would take later in life and her drug abuse only seemed to intensify her mental illnesses. Susan later recalled a few incidences in particular that would show a definite sign the drugs weren't working in her favor. Hey, listen to the song... (laughs) Friends by J. Cole. That's if you want. I probably I like him. Yeah, oh, J. Cole's fucking fantastic. I like him off the K.O.D. album, but it's uh, it's called Friends, and it's about don't let your friends with do fucking drugs. mental illnesses do drugs because they right. don't, it don't mix. One morning, after a long night of drug abuse, she awoke in a random home and discovered she had graffitied her name over and over, <laughs> surrounded by pictures of triangles. Oh. Another occasion, Susan claimed the drugs left her with a physical hole in her head through which all of the electricity and energy of the house flowed. <laughs> okay. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll do it. She, you know? she became convinced that the drugs began to give her supernatural abilities and considered herself to be sensitive to the energy that flowed around her. OMG. Here's the best part. It seemed around this time as well, she decided to change her name from Susan... To Suzanne with a oh, Z. Oh, <laughs> like Suzanne Summers. Right. Does she have a Z in her name? Don't remember. <laughs> Just remember her sweet tits. That's all I remember. There's a lot of name changing in this story. So, all right. So we're going to be calling her Suzanne from now on. Sick. Let's do it. <laughs> with Suzanne's mental state slowly deteriorating, her husband finally took action and tried to help. But Susan refused. Suzanne. <laughs> I'm going to fuck that up so much. You fuck. But she refused to seek any sort of professional medical help. Mm -hmm. In her mind, she wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Then finally, Suzanne and her husband would divorce. After the divorce, Suzanne would just abandon her ex-husband and sons. And as far as I can tell, never bother to contact them ever again. Later. She's peacing out. She's going to get a pack of cools and a gallon of milk. She ain't coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Now. A single woman free to do as she pleased. What would be her next step? Witch hunting. Well. Witching. Witching. <laughs> not quite yet. We're not quite there yet. Fuck. While Suzanne claimed during a masculine trip. Yes. She was visited by God and he informed her she needed to find her spiritual partner. And within a few months, that dream would become a reality. Awesome. That spiritual partner was James Clifton Carson, <laughs> born in 1950 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right. How does one find a spiritual partner? In a few months after finding <laughs> out you need one. I'll tell you what, Amy, it involves sexual intercourse and drugs. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he was born into your normal middle-class family. His father was an engineer for an oil company, and his mother was a school teacher. We will be referring to him as Michael for reasons we will find out very shortly. Okay, okay. Michael was actually born with a rare bone disease <laughs> that for a short period kept him bedridden. Oh. He loved to delve himself into books studying philosophy, religion, and politics. While he sounds like a bit of an Amy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a little dorky. Uh, yeah, what a nerd. What a Melvin this guy is. I feel like, Amy, do you study... St- 
philosophy, religion, and politics in your free time? Oh, oh, yeah, only in my free time, which is never. So. <laughs> Do you have a rare bone disease that keeps you bedridden? You know what's funny? They don't list what the bone disease is. All right. But he could. He had to stay in bed for a long period of time. Maybe it's dragon scale what was it from the show <laughs> gray scale gray scale hey would you watch game of thrones i do i i do not i You're am getting out of this she's a witch hunter and <laughs> she doesn't watch game of thrones i i don't Too know much witchcraft, that's why. <laughs> i could see that anyway michael also had a bit of a rebellious side when he got older and loved to surround himself in the counterculture of the time period as well he was not a stranger to enjoying a few hits of acid or mescaline. Yeah. He attended the University of Iowa, and this is where he met his first wife. So always the people from Iowa. I know. Well, technically he's from Oklahoma first. Daddy went to Iowa. Okay, can't blame Iowa okay. yet, Amy. He found an Iowa wife, though. <laughs> James Carson was married to Lynn Carson and later had a daughter named Jen. In 1975, the family then moved to Arizona where Lynn was an English teacher and Michael was a stay-at-home dad that sold pot on the side. Hell yeah. (laughs) In Jen's own words, during this time, Michael was known as a good father. He would read to her, take her to the petting zoo, basically your normal father. Except, Jen also claimed that when she was young, she would play house with her dad, which included assisting him in rolling joints. Oh, okay. Family business. He's just okay. teaching her the ropes. That's kind of a cool dad, though. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I really thought playing house was going somewhere else. No, no, no. No pedophiles in Thank here. Thank you. No pedophiles. Thank you, Cody. She's just like two years old, and daddy's teaching her how to roll joints. Hey. Not a big deal, I guess. Pearl those joints up, baby. <laughs> but that didn't last too long, and Michael seemed to feel a bit lost in life himself. He was constantly searching for something, almost as if he missed the young college hippie type of lifestyle. Mm. Jen recalls her parents constantly arguing about Michael's lack of a career and the change in his behavior. Finally, it reached ahead in 1977. Lynn had enough and divorced Michael. Later, Mike. Wait, why? How come? Just because he was such a dick? Just because he's a fucking weirdo dick Yeah. All he right. just stood around selling pot, and he was trying to. He's kind of getting weird. All right. He wanted to get back in that drug culture kind of thing, and Slide she right was back. like, "We need to get into this middle class family lifestyle, and you're going this way." This basically. parenting culture, right, right? All right. Within a few months, Michael and Susan would get together. Suzanne. Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Some sources claim they would meet at a party and bonded over religion and drugs. <laughs> Michael. Would have been roughly 27 at this point, and Suzanne would be 37. Oh. She just loves She's kind of a cougar. Yeah. Cougarish. It's fine. I, would you I'm be done it. with that? Oh. I'm into it. Let's not age it. shame here, Amy. I, Come I am on. not. I'm closer to her age than his age, probably. <laughs> Don't admit that. Come on. You're older than me, so I know. Technically, I am too, but let's not not talk about that, all right? They claimed the first night being officially together, Suzanne prophesied that his name was not actually James, but Michael. Why Michael? The angel. Did I get it? You're right. That's because of the archangel Michael would slay demons and it was fitting for him. John Travolta, baby. (laughs) While Suzanne had finally found her spiritual partner, she also found someone who she who would completely respond to her religious beliefs as Michael was in pursuit of religion and God himself. Dope. 
Initially into Suzanne and Michael's relationship, Michael stayed in contact with his daughter, Jen. Jen, up until this point, didn't have anything but good memories of her father. After Jen started visiting her father on weekends, that opinion swiftly changed. Jen mentioned how much of an obsessive relationship her father had with Suzanne. She later described them as, quote, magnets drawn to each other. (laughs) Codependent, huh? Right. Mm. Healthy. My favorite. I don't think so. Whatever you call them. Yeah. Okay, there's normal intimacy, then there's spiritual intimacy. <laughs> Why bro. are they scissoring? It's bonding. <laughs> oh, okay. It that's looks actually like scissoring yeah. to me too. If you meet a spiritual partner, you have to scissor with them. That's, <laughs> how, you can, that's how you tie the knot right there. <laughs> Ladies, if you want to get with Cody, you better scissor for hours. <laughs> uh-huh. Jen would say how horrible it was having to stay with her father on the weekends. The entire house was filled with potted plants and contained no lighting such as lamps. <laughs> Suzanne, <laughs> I, 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 this is no shit. She said there's nothing but fucking potted plants what in the, the house. What the fuck? You got two fucking dope heads in there. What do you expect? <laughs> Come on. Uh, Suzanne would verbally abuse her and refuse to feed her. Rad. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, that's not rad. Jen said she would try to get away through the front door, but she couldn't reach the deadbolt to leave because she was only three years old. Oh, Oh, shit. She remembers back then? Yeah. This is traumatic shit for her, dude. Yeah, I thought she was older. I thought this was past up. Yeah. She tells this when she's older, and we're going to revisit her after the case because she has a lot of shit to say about her dad. Okay. So So it was just Suzanne that was the problem, pretty much, Basically, yes. She would be so hungry at night and would attempt to wake her father, but most nights the two of them were passed out cold from a drug binge, lying naked on their bed, which, mind you, was literally the only piece of furniture in the home, was their king-size bed. I don't think you can scissor on anything else. It's going to have to be a bed. It's got to (laughs) be. I know when I was looking at a king-size bed, it just had two humans scissoring <laughs> on there. I'm like, yeah. Think about think about how bad the floor would be for your hips when you're trying to scissor. You That's know? true. You, you need, need a, a king nice. Size. You need a not a California king. Fuck just, your California. Just king. a regular king. Yeah. <laughs> the final event that broke the camel's back was one weekend. Straw, you can say straw. That'd be fine too. <laughs> I don't know. The final I'm not straw. Discri- going to discriminate against straw right now. <laughs> <laughs> While Jen was staying with them, she asked Suzanne if she could scratch her back for her. Suzanne then stated she knew who Jen really was and proceeded to scratch her back so hard it left five marks with two cutting deep enough to bleed. Fuck. Suzanne then scolded the young girl saying, quote, You can fool your father. But I know that you're the devil, and I'm going to get this demon out of you. Shortly after, Jen was no longer visiting them. Weird. Her mom said, nope, no more of that. This bitch is crazy. Fuck. Suzanne would sell off her townhouse and would use the money to go overseas. They traveled to Israel, India, France, and the UK. (laughs) God. While Michael and Suzanne were gone, Lynn and Jen moved to Southern California because she grew afraid of her ex-husband. Lynn would cut off all ties with any relatives or friends that knew Michael just to ensure he could not find them. Very smart lady. So, well, yeah, while they were on their pilgrimage, they are like, they let's were get like, the fuck out of here. Let's pack right, up. Let's these get these roots cut. Stinky hippies are gone. Let's get the fuck up out of here. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is good here. According to Michael and Suzanne, they decided their love was real and it was time to tie the knot. Where's the most romantic location to get married? Vegas. 
I Amy, was going to say me. Vegas, too. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that was Stonehenge, of course. <laughs> hey! Did they, oh, they got did they married, married by Stonehenge. a druid? Uh, no, they just did like a... They're not legally married. They're fake married. <sighs> they're so hippie married. Right. I'm sure they like laid a flower over their hands right. or something. But they... It doesn't say for certain, but I'm assuming Stonehenge in the religion may have had some significance, too. Sure. But... Anyway, they got married at Stonehenge. That's rad. all we know. That's pretty rad. After they ran out of money, they would return sometime in 1980 and head to San Francisco. This is when their LSD-fueled religious beliefs really started. Awesome. They began to develop their own religion, loosely based on Islamic tradition with hints of Christianity, basically just cherry-picking what they liked out of both of them. Sure. You mean well, like, oh, sounds you like mean most religion. Christians, yeah. <laughs> this is basically like, yeah, every religion ever. They, they have a little twist to theirs, as All we're going right, to see. A little lime twist in there. While they were using LSD, they also believed it made them prophets sure. and gave them unique access to God. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Not long after having access to God, Michael believed God had came to him in a dream and informed him of something of uttermost importance he must do. He must change his name to Michael Bear Carson. This is where Bear came from. Mm. And now that they're married, she was Susan Bear Carson. Mm. Now, here's the best part. His daughter, Jen, later said her dad just really liked bears. And this is must where he got the idea from. <laughs> okay. He always wanted a big pet bear. He said, she said when she was younger, she remembers her dad really liked bears. Right. But apparently it's God who told him. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's great. fine. That's fantastic. <laughs> Amy, what animal would you change your middle name to? Honestly? Koalas. No. Yeah, koalas are pretty cute, but I don't know. I've always liked bunnies, but they're kind of smelly. Okay, all so right. it would not be all bunny. Right. Okay. Amy yeah. Bunny. Amy Rabbit. Amy Rabbit. Amy I'll, Rabbit. I'll take that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> kind of like that. Amy B. Rabbit from 8 Mile. <laughs> now, I don't know if you can technically call a religious group consisting of two people a cult. Sure. But they, but they certainly acted like it and would soon develop something every good cult needs. A doomsday prophecy. Yay. <laughs> Their prophecy was there was an impending nuclear war that would lead to the apocalypse. Jesuit Pukaki, Jesuit Pukaki, <laughs> Jesuit Pukaki. Remember that? Yes. There is there is was missiles the... full of Islamic cums heading straight thought, for Canada. I thought she said, okay, yeah, I was heading for Canada. Okay, I remember that. <laughs> I was going to impregnate everybody. Well, I did not know what Bukaki meant for like, probably up until like the last Wait, three Wait, I think years. I was there when we informed <laughs> you what a Bukaki yes, was. Because I used Bukaki in the sense like to call somebody on bullshit. Oh. Like, I was like, that's Bukaki and someone, I don't know who it was, but it was one of Oh. Are you sure you're using it the right way? Yeah, I was not. Nope. I'm gonna every time I'm gonna call someone. I'm like, you're being a bukkake right now. <laughs> That's bukkake. You got shit all over your face. That's <laughs> a bukkake right now. <laughs> There's a bunch of white dudes with socks standing around. <laughs> anyway, this wasn't your normal apocalypse, bukkake. though. <laughs> it was fueled by black magic, but. <laughs> Could be called thanks to the warrior sent from God known as Michael and Susan Bear Carson. <laughs> God had commanded them to take up holy arms against the witches that yes. were hidden in the shadows of the world. <laughs> Susan and <laughs> They totally need like theme music when they're coming out here. Hell yes. Now, Susan in particular was really special because she had the mystic ability to sense witches. 
to sense witches and their psychic energy they would use. <laughs> okay. I've seen... Uh, they're nuts, all right? I love it. I love it. Mike- they're acid freaks, man. <laughs> Michael ate this shit up and truly believed that his wife was supernaturally gifted. While in San Francisco, the two were living a nomadic lifestyle and making money selling drugs like hippies did. Mm. This is when the 22-year-old Karen Barnes came into the picture. Now, you're going to say Susan Barnes. That was her maiden name. She's not related to this Barnes. Okay. Two separate Barnes. Suzanne, by the way. Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Now, Karen was originally from Georgia and had moved to California in hopes of becoming an actress. A movie star. And making it big in oh, Hollywood. Fucking idiot. What happened instead? She became the first <laughs> disciple of a dumb cult. <laughs> She's famous, though. She's famous. Yeah? Karen? Could be. After this story. She <laughs> will be. When we jettison, when we get her like Amy, 300 I'm gonna say, downloads. I'm going to say, Amy, this doesn't have a happy ending for poor <laughs> oh, Karen. She, oh, she'll never make it in La La Land. <laughs> no. But somewhere along the way, Karen got eaten up by the drug counterculture. Mm. Karen would meet the Carsons while at a party in the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. So fucking cliche. Oh, yeah. This is when Karen invited the Carsons to live with her in her basement apartment <laughs> In the beginning, things were normal between the three of them. Karen would enjoy indulging in heavy drug abuse with the couple <laughs> and even attent- attentively listen to all their religious rhetoric. Nice. Some sources believe this could possibly have been their first, quote, follower. Sure. But we don't know for certain. We cannot say for certain, but it is believed because of Karen being an attractive young lady whom seemed to be receptive to Michael's religious ramblings, there was probably also the exchange of sex between the two. Of course. Perhaps out of jealousy, Suzanne began to have a bit of distaste for Karen, believing she was a threat to steal Michael from her. Although later, Suzanne claimed while hitchhiking through the rain, she received an order from God that she needed to dispose of Karen. Why? Well, that's because, of course, God told Suzanne Karen was a witch, an evil agent that was part of the upcoming apocalypse. Of course. (laughs) She was a... She does sound like a witch. She was a home-wrecking witch. I know. (laughs) She's trying to steal her man. Yeah. Initially, Michael wasn't entirely receptive to the the idea, but Suzanne was quite convincing, persuading Michael that it was their mission, and Karen was using her witch magic to slowly drain all of Susan's abilities as a (laughs) mess. He also claimed that while Suzanne was telling him of the witch's intention, there would be thunderclaps, clearly a sign from God. Right. How high do you have to be where you think thunder's clapping while she's telling you all this crazy shit? God, fucking nuts. I love it. I want to get there. Let's get to that level. (laughs) Now, Michael, believing anything Suzanne said, he certainly could not allow this witch to drain all of Suzanne's powers. Mm -hmm. So they, they devised a plan and would carry out their nefarious deed that night. While Karen was sleeping in her bed... Michael entered the room with an iron frying pan and repeatedly smashed it over the poor girl's head, crushing her skull. Then afterwards, to assure she was dead, took a paring knife and stabbed her a few times. Then it seems Suzanne took the knife and stabbed her more herself. Now there's she's dead. She's very dead. (laughs) Here's the thing, though: you should you should know in true crime. When someone stabs someone way too much, that's because of, like, a weird anger and rage they have. And Suzanne did not like Karen at all. That's probably why she stabbed her after she was already dead. Now, there's a here's a one thing where we have two different reports. One says she was sleeping. One says she was just sitting in the kitchen and they came up behind her. Not 
the biggest detail. Who cares? But yeah, who cares about that? They killed her one way or the other. She got Pearl Harbored and fucking stabbed a shitload, so who cares? Right. Either way, they would wrap Karen in a blanket and leave her body in the basement apartment. Afterwards, they spent several hours in holy contemplation and decided it might be best to move out of town immediately. <gasps> Good idea. So they set out for Oregon to find a place to hide out. Perfect. Who informed the police initially, we have three different sources claiming it was different people. It was either the plumber, Karen's friends, or Karen's parents. <laughs> either way, the police were contacted. They obviously found Karen's body had been brutally attacked. Now, they also noticed the name Suzanne and weird simple symbols had been spray-painted on the walls all over the apartment. Did she, like, black out and just do that all the time? Like... Well, it's like a, I think she does it to, like, leave a religious mark somewhere, or, like, she thinks the symbols mean something. She I don't know. Sign she's incriminating. <laughs> they literally said they walked in, you know, she's dead, laying dead there, and on the wall, it literally says Suzanne. <laughs> I wonder who did this. Anyway, they would be informed Karen had roommates and were given the name Suzanne and Michael Bear Carson. Fuck. The Those pl- are their exact names. <laughs> That's the other th- weird thing because those aren't their legal names. They oh, are their those are their hippie married their hippie name. names. So aye, the police would search desperately for months trying to find the killers, but didn't get anywhere or really have much of a lead to go off more than their names. With Suzanne and Michael now now in Oregon, they found a remote mountain shanty they would stay in. In their minds, this was a gift from God to keep them safe and was a paradise, <laughs> but. In all actuality, it was a complete fucking shithole. <laughs> and that is not even an exaggeration. It was literally a fucking dump. Okay. Love in the is woods. their home. Spiritual guess, love and LSD is their home. True. I should I should probably say too, they always refer to God as Allah. I'm just okay. gonna keep yeah, calling him God. Same fine. thing. It's the, doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Same thing. Either way, they held out here for a few months until all their food and drugs began to run out. <laughs> Michael then hitchhiked back to L.A. in search of more supplies. More drugs. Basically. When he returned a few weeks later, he found Suzanne in a state of almost psychosis, starving and claiming that the witches were constantly attacking her. Then finally, a ranger came along and kicked them out. They kept on the move, drifting around this area, keeping a low profile. (laughs) It's like, shouldn't he report... Finding two weirdos in a fucking abandoned nah. cabin in the woods. Nah, like, move along. It's get out of here. Yeah. Crackheads. <clears throat> so they're moving along until they were finally picked up by a man heading back to California. He allowed them to stay in his tree cabin in the Ventana wilderness for a few days. Right. The man then regretted his decision and wanted them to leave, but Suzanne and Michael did not want to. Oh, shit. He's the second victim in there. Oh, no, he's lucky. In retaliation, they robbed what they could take from his cabin and left. Suzanne gifted Michael a gun, what she got from the robbery, but told Michael this was no ordinary gun. This was a gift from God himself. A God gun. God gave him a thirty-eight special. Hell yes, (laughs) police revolver. Michael then set fire to the house and they took off. Woo! Burn the treehouse down. Let's roll, baby. We got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. On the move again, they eventually settled in the town of Alder Point and began working on a marijuana farm. Mm. <laughs> Dream come true for them. Mm. I know. Fellow workers at the farm later described the Carsons as self-proclaimed 
anarchist with an obsession with the apocalypse. <laughs> okay, that's a good description. Most of the workers thought of them as having a uh, few screws loose and yeah. were constantly bickering with people. It reached ahead one day after an argument between Michael and another worker named Clark Steffen over how to pop properly tend to the plant. After the fight was over, Suzanne would convince Michael that Clark had sexually assaulted her mm. and he was, in fact, actually a demon. <laughs> mm. And Michael is there to purge demons. Correct. Some sources claim in their religious belief, if a, if a man just curses at a lady, it could be considered assault, which is what she might have been actually referring to. Okay. So you can't swear at Suzanne, otherwise it's sexual assault, sure, apparently. Sure, sure. Because she's nuts. Punishable by death. Right. So a few days later, while tending to the plants, Michael took the gun that had been gifted, gifted to him from Suzanne and shot Clark in the head, killing him instantly. They then covered his body in kerosene and lit him on fire, attempting to dispose Doesn't of the work. body. That does not work. You are right. So then they covered the body completely in chicken manure. Uh, and there's plenty of chicken manure because that's how they were fertilizing the sure, marijuana. Sure. Um, have either of you watched Murder Mountain? Is that what it's Nick. called? You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, it's about like people who go missing on pot farms in California. They actually bring up these two. On this pot farm, because there's someone who went missing on there, and they think they could have maybe killed him. Wow. But they're not, they don't know for sure, and they don't confess to anything but this guy, so. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of strange. Murder Mountain, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's like just on this Netflix. one mountain? Uh, I don't know what it is. I haven't watched it. I should watch it. All right. We'll watch it. I'm not certain how. But the farmers wouldn't find his body until their dog had discovered it while playing with his ball. They then contacted the police to inform them that they had found a skull. When the police arrived, it didn't take them long to uncover the body, then locate the man's wallet, where they then discovered his identity was Clark Steffen. Because only the top part of his body burned when they tried to burn. Uh, they did a great job. I'm just like, how do you not hear the fucking gunshot? Apparently, he was there a while, and they didn't hear the gunshot. Someone was playing with the dog. The dog went over there like, hey, there's a guy's skull over there. Yeah. Like, or smell you, the burning shit You think, something. I don't know, it must be a really big farm. I, I guess don't know. so. Anyway, obviously, the Carsons were long gone by this point. They were once again traveling like nomads, as they had so many times before. They were in Trinidad County, California, when they spotted a search and rescue police unit. Ooh. They believed they were after them, so they dropped their packs and ran off into the woods. Sure. The search and rescue was actually looking for a missing hiker. <laughs> when the police recovered their bags, they found bags of marijuana, bullets, an ID for Richard Arada, which was stolen, mm. and a manuscript titled A Cry for War. <laughs> <laughs> Michael had written a cry for war, which could be described as an anarchist war cry. It even had a built-in hit list, which included the names of Ronald Reagan and Johnny Carson. <laughs> now, this is no joke. They picked them because, yes, it is. because both of their names had six letters. Mm. And what do we know about the number six, Adam? It's the number of the beast, my right friend. Right there. So they wanted to kill these two demon lords, Ronald Reagan and Johnny Carson. Understood. Man, a lot of people wanted Reagan dead. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Jesus, a lot of people wanted he him dead. He was so handsome. That's why. 
<laughs> you do <Don't> like. Continue. <laughs> Adam Driver tells you she had a crush on the guy from yeah, the staircase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the what? The staircase. I the killer staircase. from the staircase. <gasps> what was his name? I can't he remember. He clearly killed his wife, but. I can't remember. It she said he was cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if cute was the exact word, but I think I said I'm attracted Drop to Drop that gorgeous. <laughs> I wish she'd throw me down the stairs like that. <laughs> anyway, now, Michael and Suzanne at this point had gotten splitting up while fleeing. Michael returned to the LA area once again, and he was actually arrested here, but not because. They knew he was wanted for murder. It was because he looked like a suspect in a rape case. Mm. He actually had, just the f- had one of those faces, huh? <laughs> just, just normal guy. Yeah. He looked like a rape suspect. Let's go. Yeah. He actually had the firearm he had used to kill Clark on his person. But when the police officer patted him down, he did not locate it because he had it firmly stuffed in his groin. Okay. Apparently in the 80s they don't Spackin'. want to like touch your your, <laughs> sure. your private areas, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you could tuck a 38 up under your nuts. <laughs> Three headed height. With the right underwear on. <laughs> the underwear is the key, right? Now. Otherwise it'll fall out. Okay, 80s are probably wearing tidy whiteies still, sure. I'd assume. So You can get a 38 in there. <laughs> you can tuck that up. Anyway, he was arrested and placed in the police car. While in the police car, Michael had managed to remove the gun and wedge it in between the back seat. He was then transported inside the police station, had his picture taken, and questioned for an hour. He had given them the name found on the stolen ID, but the police didn't bother to check check it at the time. Wow. While in custody, they sent his picture over to the rape victim. She said, no, this is not the guy, and he was set free. Later... The following morning, while cleaning out his police car, the officer found the gun and then swiftly sent out an APB, but under the alias name he had given him earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these fucking cops, dude. I, I, I say Michael, idiots. I say either Michael's much smarter than we're giving him credit for, or these cops are idiots. <laughs> no, I think they are extremely lucky. They are so? extremely yeah, lucky, yeah. yes. When they finally sent the gun to the lab is when they realized it matched the bullets that had been found in Clark's head and then finally realized they were actually looking for Michael Bear Carson, not the fake name they had given him. Perfect. A week after the murder of Clark, the couple was reunited. They had wisely set up a location to meet if they had ever gotten separated. It was in Sonoma, California. They would travel all over the state going wherever Suzanne's visions told them to go for the next few months. Susan, where, Suzanne, where are we going? I need a vision. Hold on, let me drop some acid, I'll tell you. I'm seeing Napa Valley. We must go to a wine tasting. We must go to Universal Studios. Let's go. They eventually landed in Portland, Oregon, and stayed with a friend for a few days before finally being kicked out once again after Michael has stolen their 38 revolver. <laughs> Weapon of choice. Yeah, he loves them. We're gonna, we might contradict this part in a split second here. Back on the road again, they were attempting to hitchhike, but nobody seemed to want to pick them up. Until finally, a truck that was heading the opposite direction they were made a U-turn and offered them a ride. Before even getting in, Suzanne informed Michael, this man was a witch and he would have to kill him. The man's name was John Hellier. You know what? He's got hell in his name. Maybe it makes sense. Sure. I don't know. H-E-L-L. Well, it's Y-A-R. not six letters, so there you go. 
He's very evil because he's seven. That's right. Super devil. (laughs) While traveling down the road, Suzanne became angry. Why? Well, because John was playing country music on the radio, and she hated country music. Son of a bitch. At some point, John accidentally brushed his leg up against Susan. That was the final straw. Sexual assault. So she gave Michael a signal, and he knew what she wanted him to do. It seemed while on a highway exit, the vehicle was stopped, and it was time to try to kill John. Yeah. A struggle began to ensue between Michael and John. They were fighting for almost 10 minutes before Michael finally got the gun and shot John. After John was dead, the two got back in his car and continued heading towards Napa County. Now, here's where it's a a little mix-up. One side says he found the gun in John's car, then shot him. And the other one says he had the gun on him before he even got in the car. Yeah. So, I don't really know. Well, they said they stole the thirty-eight from... One source said they got it from his friend. Another said that he found it in the car John was in and got him with that. All right. Doesn't really matter. He killed him either way. One way or the other, (laughs) he's got a thirty-eight in his head. This time, the police were quickly dispatched and a pursuit ensued. The chase lasted through a couple counties until Suzanne crashed the vehicle. The two tried to flee into the woods, but the police caught up to them Good. and were arrested. I Finally. I was waiting for a woman driver remark from you, Adam. Whoa! I'm not Whoa. even going to lie. I thought I saw your eyes flicker for a Listen, second. They <laughs> might have. We are respectful to everybody nope. here, Amy. No, that's never happened once. To all the to all the ladies out there, Amy made the comment, not us. Look And look at this. We are not misogynists. We have a <laughs> right. woman on the podcast. It only took 50 episodes yeah. or whatever. <laughs> And Jordan dying of pink eye. Thank goodness. (laughs) Once in custody, Michael admitted to the murder of Clark, but tried to claim it was in self-defense. Suzanne, on the other hand, pretended to be a mute. (laughs) She wouldn't say a word in court, and she wouldn't even say a word to her lawyer. Her her lawyer claimed he found it very difficult to defend someone who wouldn't even talk to him. (laughs) Which is understandable. Yeah. Dude, on the documentary I was watching where the lawyer was saying this, like, he looks so sad. He's like, just talk to me, Suzanne, please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) They were being held at the Santa Rosa jail, and Michael felt he wasn't getting enough publicity. So he offered to confess to the murder of Karen Barnes if they gave him a press conference to do so. (laughs) So they did. And while he didn't in fact confess, he spent six hours basically going on about his religious beliefs he liked to refer to themselves as, quote, vegetarian Muslim warriors oh in a holy war against witches. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> they let him talk for six hours? Six hours. <laughs> Michael said, quote, witchcraft, homosexuality, and abortion are causes for death. Mm. He claimed Suzanne was, quote, a yogi and a mystic with knowledge of past, present, and future and confessed to killing Karen because she was the most powerful witch in San Francisco and had put a hex on Suzanne. Mm. <laughs> a little nutty oh, here. Yeah, regular stuff. <laughs> just regular stuff. I'm trying to track most of this and like just make it make sense, and it's, it's rough. Well, she's the most powerful witch in San Francisco. And she's a mute also. No, Suzanne's pretending. Oh, yeah, like Suzanne she, is a mute. Karen pretending. is the most powerful witch. Right. After this... They would be examined by a psychiatrist who found them fit to stand trial. I don't know how. <laughs> the trial started on June of 1984. Before the trial, they tried to recant their confessions, but it seemed to be a bit too late for that. 
During the entire trial, they adamantly stood their ground saying they were killing witches and evildoers. These were not actually even people. Mm. Now, let's get a quote from Jen here. Jen, say, Jen said this later about the trial, quote, During their trial, people who claimed to be friends with my father and Suzanne claimed to be warlocks and testified <laughs> as expert witnesses. <laughs> they argued that my father and Suzanne had a- acted in self-defense against deadly, quote, psychic attacks. My father, a Jew, and Suzanne, a Christian, also blamed the prophet Muhammad for their crimes. Jesus. The circus of a trial came to an end with Suzanne interrupting the closing statements by yelling, quote, What is my crime? To be beautiful? To be an artist? <laughs> my father shouted, quote, Death to the queen! Long live the IRA! Okay, I think they're fucking nutty as a fucking cake She here. broke her silence to yell that. Right. <laughs> Apparently, that's going to get her off right there. She's beautiful and an artist, all right? All right. It's the worst. The, the weird thing is, like, why would he yell, long live the IRA? Like, where did that even come from? I don't know. Well, fucking wacky. Michael dudes. Cleary ended up in this episode somewhere. <laughs> Maybe this is Michael Cleary here. Oh! <laughs> Thankfully. The jurors were all sane, and over the course of the next three years, they were convicted of first-degree murder for each of their victims. Good. They received 75 years to life, but with the possibility of parole. Now, actually, in 2015, California was doing an early release program due to the overcrowding in prisons. Mm. Michael turned down any chance of even speaking to the parole board. He just wanted to stay in there. Wow. But Suzanne did try but was denied, and the two are still still currently alive and in prison. Now, post-conviction and everything, there is, I believe, four cold cases in Ireland they believe these two could have been connected to while they were overseas. Whoa. But they don't obviously don't know for certain, but uh, his daughter, Jen, offered uh, her DNA to see if she could link Michael to killing these guys. So, has any... That, Nothing's came of it yet. They That's just think like it, it could process. have been. Because when they were over in Europe, they have no idea what they were doing. Sure. Outside of getting married at Stonehenge, sure. they could have been killing people. They don't know. They have no idea. Now, okay, this is a little sad here. This is a quote from Jen about having to live with the fact that her father was a serial killer. Quote, began to wonder if I would snap and start killing people too. I wondered if I had monster genes. I also struggled with external stigma. The worst was from relatives who saw me as a hindrance to erasing my father. My grandmother introduced me to her friends as her her great-niece. Two family members told me to keep the murders a secret or, quote, no one would ever marry me. One, One relative even told me, quote, Look what you brought to our lives, you selfish little bitch. Oh. She was nine years old. Oh, yeah, she did that. Isn't that fucked up? Uh, that that's is, awful. Why? It wasn't her fault. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, something that's that happened after this is as an adult, Jen decided to face her demons and finally visit her father in prison when she was old. I think she said she was like in her mid-twenties. Mm. She went in there. He talked for three hours straight. And he still was adamant that they were witches. He wouldn't give it up. He said they were witches and... You know, he wouldn't just admit to killing people. And then she decided he's not worth it. Never visited him ever again. Hell yeah. Something that's really good that Jen did too was uh, she actually visits with the victims her father killed, the family members. Very nice. That's cool. She's very, uh, 
She's very inspirational, you know. Very for, nice. For the traumatic yes. life she's had because of her father and uh yeah, and but, the rest of her fucked up family. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, that's uh that's a that's the tale there of the uh in two fucking wackadoos here. So <laughs> Is this uh like natural born killers take anything from this or what? I have no idea. Right. I randomly stumbled upon this and then I started just kind of getting information from everywhere I could because it's like you don't hear too many people who kill people because they think they're witches. Yeah. Um, so it's very strange. Yeah, that's, that's fucking nuts. Usually they have like a pretty obvious motive or something, not because they were on LSD and thought they were a witch. Yeah. So. Well, we uh, we really <coughs> missed an opportunity to have an expert witch hunter on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I d- had so, I been given so an idea. So will you openly admit that you were putting a hex on Suzanne as well? <laughs> And you frame Karen. <laughs> that was actually you putting a hex on her, Amy. I'm actually a mute starting now. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, all witches out there, you are now safe. The you're two safe. psychopaths are in jail you're and are going to die there. I think they're like 70 right now. So Perfect. They're going to die there. Perfect. We got them off the street because of uh, a lot of, I want to say dumb cops, but just... Dumb cops. I mean, the cops were dumb. Yeah. You can't say they weren't, brother. No, I agree. I, I'm sure they were trying. Do you think that they would lose their shit right now with, like, all of the, like, Harry Potter, like, oh. craze and stuff? Oh. You know? I think so. Yes. I mean, I mean, you've gotten into this argument before, if, like, LSD has lasting effects, um, which I don't really know, but uh, if... Let's say Suzanne had, like, mental problems, and sure. then the drugs were just fucking her brain up even yeah. further... And I don't know, Michael seemed pretty normal, but he could have had something, too. And they just kind of fried him. He could have been sprung on that pussy, too. (laughs) See, what they really think is Suzanne would have been, like, the cult leader. Uh And he's, like, the follower. Uh And he kind of just did whatever she told him to do, because he technically is the killer. And he was love. Yes. And he, because I think in his mind, he literally thought she was a magician or something. Like, she had one-way channel to God and... He liked bears. Well, Cody, that's the story of Suzanne Summers, huh? That was awesome. <laughs> Suzanne and uh, Michael Sheen. Suzanne and my- <laughs> Suzanne Bear Carlson. Yes. Beautiful. Yes, nice. that you got it. You nailed it. Beautiful. Well, that was fucking great. That was really fun, <laughs> Cody. Thank you. Uh, Tell us how your first experience was, Amy. No, it was, it was it was great. I, you know, I was expecting that you would fuck up a little bit more, but you know that was but, smooth as eggs tonight. Yeah, yeah like it really, really was. the smoothest you've ever done. You know what? I I like cases where we can all kind of have fun with it, mm. but this one just didn't have it. Yeah. Sometimes you get that. Sometimes there's just not a lot of like. No, stuff you can really build good. off it. Sure. Yeah. No, next no. time, Amy, we're getting a Jamaican. For oh, you oh there's a next time. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, Jordan's yeah. not going to come out and get resurrected from the grave like <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I mean, he's dead. No, yeah, definitely. You're, whenever whenever you want, you can well, come Well, thank in. you. Thank you. That was fantastic. That is. That was thank really you. Good. It's thank really you. nice to have another energy in the room. Mm-hmm. Your laugh was. <laughs> What's Jordan? What, what would you say Jordan's laugh is? It's like kind of silent and like cackly, kind of. Yeah, it's the best way I can it, describe it. It's real dumb sounding. <laughs> it makes me real mad. Now that it's not here, we can talk shit about him all we want. Oh no, yeah, no, Jordan's irreplaceable. Though I, I do, I do like Jordan. Do too. you? Yeah. Well, see, now you got to meet him in person once we he gets resurrected from Pink Eye. Yeah. <laughs> if he ever does, definitely. We don't know. Uh, 
what I need the audience to do is uh, let us know if you can get resurrected from Pink Eye. And you can do that at by sending me a line at <laughs> bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Instagram being, of course, our main focus right mm-hmm. now. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody. <clears throat> the iTunes reviews. We had another good week, actually. How many this time? Uh, we got three five stars with one written, and I'm really happy Jordan's not here when I'm reading this written one, so... Uh-oh. She's going to be sad when she finds out he's dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, 10 out of 10 Bumble Squad by Shit. Maddie Sage 14 Bumblebutt Podcast is one of my favorites. Adam, Cody, and Jordan know how to tell a story that keeps you interested every step of the way. Plus, they never let you down any chance to make you laugh. Hell yeah. Between the Bumbles is also a hilarious segment that I look forward to weekly. Sorry about last week. These three... (laughs) (laughs) We did let her down. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. These three sweet boys have a great (laughs) podcast that will leave you addicted. Thank you, Bumbles, for the quality content. P.S. I'm really hoping you end up doing some live shows. Jordan said he'd wear a tux on a previous episode, and that's already enough reason to make me start saving up for a ticket. Sorry, Jordan. That's great. Well, I mean, he'll be wearing a tux to his funeral, so I guess that's something True. here. <laughs> we could do a live show at his funeral if you Let's want. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, no, yeah. that's great. Thank you very much, Maddie. That's... uh. We've heard that a lot about the live shows, and yeah, yeah. that's definitely. I know. I keep actually. I think uh, Pip just asked me today about it. Uh, she's in England, obviously, but uh, Jolly I'm like, you know England. what? That's the end dream. Uh, I don't know how close we are to that. Be fun. We'd probably be pissing out our side inside of our pants when we do it, but I'm pissing just thinking about it. Well, you know what? Jordan claims if he happens to be resurrected, he claims that he's live show master. So as long as he grows out that Mo Howard hair again, that's all I care. <laughs> yeah, about. I'm never doing it unless he goes like that. Oh yeah, God, his stupid little page boy head. God, I hate you, Jordan. I'm just I've, kidding. I've seen you. pictures of the hair. Yeah, he's beautiful. He is. Cody, we received something in the mail at your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really amazing. It's one of the most cool things I've ever seen. I know. It is. Uh, it encap- encapsulates the uh, entire podcast. It's a beautiful cross-stitched uh, Miss Brooke made for us. And she even framed it for us, which is amazing. Oh, it's so it's, it's so it's cool. awesome. I, it, th- I still think it's funny how many people just love your Tetris. Yeah. I'm I, like, I didn't think that many people like Tetris, uh, but apparently everybody loves Tetris. It's the most Tetris. popular game in the world. I, I still play Tetris. Holy there we go. shit. Here we go. Damn, all right. Well, yeah, anyway, Amy, you see that? We're going to put that right on that bad wall right in yeah, front of you. Yeah, you guys have oh. quite a wall coming up. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. This it's, is great. I know. It's We're building it. This is thank, great. Super cool. So thank you very much, Brooke. That is absolutely... When I opened that fucker, I was like, holy shit, this thing is so goddamn cool. The picture does not do it justice. No. Yeah. It I doesn't. Up, up in person, it's awesome, yeah. ain't it? It's so big and detailed. It's mm-hmm. much bigger than I thought it was. I can, I can say, because we're coming up on episode 50... Um, which will almost be a one year or whatever. 
Like, I never thought we'd be getting cool shit like no. this from people and Are all this. Are you kidding me? I no. know. I know. I didn't never even think people would ever, like, waste their time listening to this, let alone, like, To be fucking... honest, the, the first time I told Amy about this, I was like, oh, shit, I think she's going to never talk to me again yeah. after she listens sure. to this. But you know what? Now she's on it. She yeah. loves it. We talked about podcasts probably for, like, three weeks before you dropped it. Like I know. I oh, was insecure about I actually, it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, like, I, I don't want to lose friends over yeah. this. <laughs> You're such a cutie. I know. But I'm glad you you came on, Amy. Me we too. had a lot yeah, of no, fun. Yeah, that great. was dope. Thank you. You're and uh, like I said, welcome back anytime. Do you have anything you want to plug? No, I don't. No upcoming Nothing. projects? No, I am not anybody like special or I don't have any like talents like you guys. I have, I'm just a regular old <laughs> witch hunting Minnesota girl. <laughs> Perfect. That's all we need. That's all I've ever been looking for. <laughs> all right, everybody. I want to thank you and all of my co-hosts, and I'll thank me first. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, special guest, and now fourth member mm-hmm. of the Bumblebutt Podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, Superfan Amy. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, everyone. And have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Lord Beelzebub loves you. That a boy. <laughs> You're going to get that over one day. <laughs>